Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Water, water, get water. That was, of course, Countess Louie-Anne from The Real Houses in New York. Remember when she stayed the night at Bluestone Manor and she was waking up hungover and all she wanted was a glass of water? I felt that way. After being away on this tour and then I went to BravoCon, I'm so excited to be back here on the microphone for Everything Iconic because I was gone for so long and it was just a whirlwind tour. And by the end of it, after I left Las Vegas, I felt dry as a bone. I just needed moisture. Not only is the desert, I was in the desert, but then also drinking a little bit and going, going, going. And I really just needed some water getting back here. So I felt that. I felt that clip of Countess Luann shouting, water. That's how I felt. Uh, but it was so much fun. We have so much to discuss, so much bravo. This episode's going to be all over the place. But let's go. Buckle up, Buttercup, because we've got lots to chat about. Here we go. One more time. Everybody's feeling fine. Here we go now. By the way, I'm still mad at that demon, Dustin Timberwolf. I'm sorry, I am. After reading Britney's book, which everyone should pick up, I thought it was great. But it's impossible not to read that book and not hate that demon, uh, Dustin Timberwolf. And I do feel actually very upset for my turtleneck prince, J.C. Chazay. Sorry to get us on a tangent here already, but J.C. Chazay doesn't deserve this because he was about to come back into the spotlight with this whole NSYNC reunion thing that's happening with the Trolls movie. And now uh, I feel like Dustin, again, ruined J.C.'s chance at the spotlight because now everyone's mad at Dustin again. And uh, so, JC, what? where does that leave him? He's going to be going to do a follow-up to the Meow Mix commercial now, and I don't want to stand for that. I'm upset. I'm very upset. Anyway, I was on tour. The tour, it was so fun to see all of you. Thank you to everyone who came. My tour kicked off in Cleveland, my hometown, which was so exciting. I had friends and family there, although they did misspell my name on the marquee. I'm sorry to say that. They did misspell my name on the actual marquee at the House of Blues in Cleveland. Luckily, they did change it before before people started arriving at the venue. But when I got there early, I look up and I was so excited. It was my first show of the tour. And I look up and uh, it just misspelled my name on the marquee. So uh, that doesn't happen when David Sedaris or John Stamos is on his book tour. It's just not happening. And, um, you know, another thing, too, we were selling merch at these shows. And Matt handles all the merch. But I guess he ordered some T-shirts that say, Ladies, am I right? You know, we got t-shirts that say that because we talk about that on the podcast. And then it says my name on there. And even my significant other misspelled my name. He spelled it with three N's. And so, like, like what the fuck is going on? Like, how, I guess they're, now they're going to be just collector's items. Just Danny, just a million fucking N's. I was like, Matthew, I don't know how many were like that. But if you got one of the ones with the three N's, I'm sorry. And you're welcome. Because those are... <laughs> And you're not going to get that when you go on tour with somebody else. I'm just, it's just not. So so that's what happens when you come to one of the tours. And speaking of ladies, am I right, too? My parents were at that Cleveland show. And my dad was uh, talking and trying to figure out what ladies, am I right? Because they don't listen to the podcast. So he's like, what is this shirt? Ladies, am I right? And so Matt and I were explaining to him, like, that's just a thing we say on the podcast or I say on the podcast. And my dad's like, you need a new shirt. 
And I was like, what are you talking about? And he's like, you need a new one, Dan. One that says, ladies, I'm right. And I was like, dad, I was like, dad. And like, we don't need that shirt. He's like, just for me, get me. Ladies, I'm right. And so he's apparently trying to make that his catchphrase. But anyway, it was so fun to see everyone at the live shows. I also did a book signing in Las Vegas. I went to watch what happens live with Lisa Barlow, who could not have been nicer to me, sent me the Fresh Wolf products, which I haven't tried yet, but the her son's got the Fresh Wolf body wash and hair stuff. But she could not have been nicer. It was so thrilling to be on uh, Watch What Happens Live with her sharing a Diet Coke, which was incredible uh, on air. And then also speaking of Diet Coke, the BravoCon, I get to the BravoCon event in Las Vegas. You guys, immediately when I arrived in Las Vegas, I see signs that say, uh, sponsored by Pepsi. I'm sorry, that's a cursed phrase. As soon as I see a sign that says sponsored by Pepsi, I say, I need to go home where I'm not in the right place. It's not for me. And the whole convention center, all they had were Pepsi products. And then I'm looking around Las Vegas, which was challenging to do because in Las Vegas, there was some race car thing that they're prepping for. So it was really difficult to get around. And then people were telling me Las Vegas is mostly a Pepsi town. And I... That is not something I like to hear. And so I'm running around this BravoCon event just looking for a Diet Coke, especially that second day. The second morning when I woke up a little bit hungover and I had to do some work and stuff, I needed a Diet Coke. And so I'm running around that convention center trying to find some, and I did. I did. You guys, my favorite interaction of the whole fucking BravoCon was I ran into a housewife who smuggled in a Diet Coke into this venue. It was the best day of my whole life. I found this woman, and I was sworn to secrecy of who it was. So I cannot tell you who the housewife was, but there was a housewife who had someone with a bag of Diet Coke with her, <laughs> and she did pour me some in a glass. And it was like the mo- it was like we were ex- drug smuggling or something. Like she was giving me some I don't know some drugs because I had to like go in the corner, and then it was like very covert. Like get a glass and then pour it in the glass. It's the best day of my whole life, but it really saved me. And so to that housewife, I don't know if you're listening. But I love you. I love you. And I'm grateful for all that you've done. Uh, what else was going on at BravoCon? I had, I took a bunch of notes of what I saw. I wanted to relay it to all of you. Uh, just some things that I observed from the panels and from the event, which I thought was incredibly successful, truly. I felt like it was just better than New York in a way because everything wasn't so spread out. It was all in one spot. Felt like they had a, enough space at all the panels. There was only a couple that were maybe hard to get into. But for the most part, I thought it was really fun and, and great. I, there were a couple things though, which we'll, we'll get to. But, um, first I want to say the thing that I really stuck out to me was that every single person at this venue, there were I, hundreds of thousands of people there. I don't know how many exactly what the number count was, but everyone in that venue wanted to fuck the captain from below deck. You know, captain is his name Jason. The hot captain from Below Deck, you know who I'm talking about. Like, every single person. I know people saw, maybe on social media, that Luann was making a play for this man. Lala posted, uh, Lala from Vanderpump Rules posted a picture with him. All the gals were making a play by for him. But it wasn't just the people that you saw on social media. Every single person in that venue wanted to fuck that man. Every every last person, housewives, the younger Bravo talent from other shows, the straight male security guards from the venue, everybody. I've never seen anything like it. I was watching this man. He would be walking somewhere backstage, and it was like turning heads. Never seen anything like it. I know everybody was feral at that venue. So I get everyone filled with women who are looking for a mate and gay men. That's all who was showing up at BravoCon. And so every single person there, but I noticed the security guards turning their heads as soon as they saw that man walk by because he was so attractive. 
even I don't even watch that show. And I saw him backstage and just started fanning myself. Fanning it was I saw him right before I was gonna do maybe the Orange County panel I was moderating. And I see him walking by and I stopped in my tracks. It was like I just completely froze. I shut down for a minute, blacked out, and it was like I couldn't take anything else around me and just watching that man. But it was the whole weekend. I kept seeing him walk by and People who were working at the uh, the venue, everybody, every single Bravo talent was looking at that man. Everyone wanted to fuck him. And so I hope he had a good weekend. God bless. And also, God bless his parents or whoever, wherever the jeans come from. Because, woo, ladies, I'm right about that. <laughs> ladies, I'm right about that. We all wanted to fuck that man. I'm sorry. Okay. Uh, and then, let's see. I mentioned the OC panel. Everyone seemed really good on the OC panel. I believe the same cast will be back next season. I think they're going to upgrade Vicky. I was moderating, and I expected. I thought they were kind of keeping me in the dark about it. I thought we were going to go on stage, and Vicky would say, I'm coming back. I got my orange back full time. But uh, that announcement was not made. She didn't win. Uh, she did win an award or something, and it seemed like there was a lot of love for Vicky at BravoCon. And so I believe Bravo will see that, and I think they will bring her back because it seemed like everybody wanted that. But uh, the Orange County panel was great. They all seemed to get along. Gina said she would invite everyone to her wedding. Uh, Shannon, we addressed the DUI thing first thing. Like, literally, you guys, they called me out. It was like, here's how the uh, the uh, panels went. They would call out the moderator. So I came out on stage, and then I would introduce all of the women. They'd sit in their seats, and then we get to it. And so with the Orange County panel, I really thought, like, that's what everybody is there to hear about, right? Like, the DUI stuff, it had just broken on TMZ that she was sentenced for that stuff. And so I'm like, the audience, that's all they care about, right? Like, they don't care about Hip and Casita or anything that's going on from the show in the past. What they want to know is Shannon's response to the DUI. And so I welcome everyone immediately. They sit down and I'm like, okay, Shannon, what's going on with the DUI? Like address it. And so it was like a really aggressive start, but I felt that that was the way to go. That was the way to go. Um, and then in terms of like the rest of the panel, I don't know that there was like a ton of other juicy stuff, but Heather addressed going to Beverly Hills and she basically gave an answer of like, well, I, I don't think that's in the cards for me, but I'm happy to be from Orange County. So I think she'll stick around at Orange County. Uh, Tamara, actually, this was a big reveal. Tamara revealed, you guys, that she actually tried to get me fired the first year of BravoCon. That's right. Tammy Sue apparently didn't like the things that I was saying on the podcast about her. And so she called up some people at Bravo and she revealed this at the panel. I did not know. I knew Tamara didn't like me in the back in the day because I was, again, publicly calling for her firing. Uh, but she uh, did call and uh, publicly or privately Asked for my firing. So the first year of BravoCon, I also moderated and hosted some things there. And I did not know this, but she did call. And luckily, the network said, we're not listening to you, Tammy Sue. And they had me come out there. Uh, but I did not know that she tried to get me fired because I was mean to her on the pod. But we're good now. I think her and I are good now. So that was that was good. We put that behind us. Um, but it is, uh, moderating, it is kind of hard to hear on the stage because it's a large room and large crowds, plus that we, I had an earpiece in. There are eight or nine people on stage. It felt very much like I can't even imagine what Andy goes through at a reunion. And I know he doesn't have like a big audience like that, but it's a lot of different people talking at once. And so I, I, that vibe is a lot. And I wanted to get to each person. We, there's limited time. You have to do like, I think it was like 45 minutes and then 15 minutes of audience questions. So I want to make sure we had time for the audience questions. But then you're hoping that you just hit each person and 
So, uh, and with the audience questions, we had really respectful ones for the Orange County one. And I also moderated the Miami panel, which we'll talk about in a second. But in terms of the Orange County panel, we had really respectful questions. And uh, the first person who asked the question, I loved because they asked a question about Hip and Casita. And they asked something about me uh, giving them the nicknames and how they feel about it. And so I just have to say they're cool with it. Not only did they say that on stage, but also I chatted with Casita backstage area and, and her and hip do take a lot of crap from us, right? Like they take a lot of shit. And I, I got to say, they got good attitudes about it. I got to talk to them about it backstage. And so I just, uh, I, I really appreciate that they have a good attitude about all of the fan response and these nicknames we come up with because they're all ultimately out of love. Right. Like we're just trying to be silly here on everything iconic, have some laughs at how ridiculous these fucking shows are. And so, you know, I always hope that it's taken in stride. I never want anyone to be listening to this show and feel bad about themselves. So we're all just trying to have some laughs. And so I just appreciate that Hip and Casita take that in stride because we're not trying to be mean here. It's all silly, fun. She shouted Hip in her tagline. So of course we're calling her Hip. And then Casita, of course, she was talking about living in a Casita for 100 seasons. So we call them that. So it's fun. It's fun. And to be honest with you, the other gals actually came up to me backstage and said, what's your nickname for me? And I said, I don't know. Some of you I don't have a nickname for. So we got to figure something out. So I think they they like it. I think they like it. Uh, Let's uh, move on to the Real Houses of Miami. I also hosted that panel. Those gals, you guys. If you're not watching Miami, you need to get the fuck in front of the TV and you need to put on The Real Houses of Miami. Get the fuck in front of the TV. I'm sorry. Oh, see, I had too much Diet Coke, you guys. We're going to have to bleep that. I'm actually not going to bleep it because I'm going to be editing this podcast and I'm running on E. So I'm not going to edit that, but I'm sorry to get aggressive. Uh, but you need to be watching The Real House of Miami. It moved over from Peacock to Bravo. It's so good. This week on the show, uh, it, it airs tonight, I believe, or I don't know when this podcast episode will be out, but there's a scene tonight where Gertie, and this isn't even a spoiler because we know Gertie has talked about this, one of our cast members, was diagnosed with cancer, and she announced on the Real House of Miami panel that she's cancer-free, which was such an incredibly beautiful moment. And I know a lot of people came to those panels wanting the infighting or the arguing between the women, but the truth is, I thought the Miami panel was so good because they were all such a cohesive unit, and we had like... A little bit of that fun drama that we like in the shows, but then also we have these like beautiful moments of Gertie announcing that she's cancer-free and hearing all of the women support her. And on the Miami episode this week, we see Gertie sit down with Dr. Nicole and uh, Adriana and uh, Julia and reveal her diagnosis. And I really think it was like one of the most beautiful scenes I've seen on Housewives, right? Like I thought it was stunningly beautiful and seeing the women's support and then having the layer of Julia, uh, who is going through the process of cancer with her significant other, Martina, and uh, the way that she was thinking of Gertie's significant other in that moment. I, I thought it was just stunning, beautiful scene. And it's one of the things I think that gets lost in the world of Bravo and the Real Housewives are these like really beautiful grounded moments. In Miami, I just think gives us that. And they seem to really support and love each other. But then they also have these great fights. So I just think if you're not watching Miami, like you're missing out because it's it's fantastic. And and actually on the Miami panel, I was also Lisa was kind enough to give me some credit for helping the show get rebooted. Now, the fact that they are back now back on Bravo and also delivering such great stuff is just really 
is really so wonderful. And the Miami cast, I think, is working so well. And I don't know if people might have been disappointed by sort of the kumbaya of the panel, but I thought it was great. And we did have a couple little petty moments. And we talked to Larsa about her significant other, Marcus. And that was interesting. So I, I loved all of them. And really, everything that I witnessed at BravoCon was really smooth. The only little thing that I do have to complain about is the lighting situation. Now, here's the thing. In the actual panels, you have the dark lighting. And then outside of the panels, you have this harsh overhead conference room lighting. Okay? And I just would like them for next year. That's my big big takeaway. It's like, we need to work out the lighting to just have it the same everywhere. Because everybody, that all the housewives and everyone had the drag queen makeup on because you on stage, you have the heavier makeup look on. And then you would see people under the harsh overhead lighting, and it was like shocking to me. And myself, too. I see pictures or you look at yourself in the mirror under that harsh overhead lighting. You're like, what the fuck is going on? Like, <laughs> I look like a drag queen, which is no shade to the drag queens. It's just like, I didn't know. You know, you're, you do your makeup differently. And so I just would encourage them to, I know, somehow figure that out. I'm not sure. I'm not a lighting expert, but maybe get Mariah Carey on the line because you need to figure that out. And get this. The one interesting thing was that, like, the really fancy housewives. So the first day I run into Dorit backstage. And I'm like, Dorit, I love you at this season, whatever. Let's take a photo. So we're about to take a photo. And she's like, oh, hold on a minute. And she holds on, and then she calls somebody over who's basically like her personal lighting person. I don't know if it was like a some assistant, someone from Bravo. I don't know who it was, but they did have like a special light for her that uh, combated the harsh overhead lighting. And I was shocked by this. I was like, oh my God, Did not only did you bring glam, but I think you also brought your own personal lighting assistant, which is amazing. But I was shocked by this. And so I'm going around and I'm telling everybody, I'm like, Dorit's got her own lighting person. Like, I couldn't believe it. And then the rest of the weekend, I keep meeting new housewives who have their own personal lighting people. So they were literally walking around with people with these ring lights that anytime anyone wanted a picture, they'd be like, hold on a minute. And so then you'd have to, you'd like set up the lighting. And I thought that was brilliant. And it was only happening with the really fancy ones. And I just thought like that really is the separator here. It's like the really, really like long term, the house, the gals who've been doing this a while who are maybe making more on the show, they had the personal lighting. And then the first season housewives, they're just like showing up and you're getting a photo, however you're getting the photo. And it doesn't matter the fucking lighting. It doesn't matter if they're, what they're wearing or if you're in lighting or whatever, they're getting the photo. Uh, and so I thought that was really fascinating to me. Um, from what I heard and saw, the Potomac panel was, I think, the best one. I caught the second half. Rachel Lindsay, who we love, friend of the show, she was hosting it. And she always does such a phenomenal job. But she, in that panel, was it was masterful because that cast in particular, I thought they showed up. They were being shady with each other, and they were throwing digs, and yet they were also coming together at times. It was just a perfect I thought it was great. I thought it was great. Also, uh, I mentioned Sonia and Luann earlier, and they were kind of walking around together the whole time. And I have to say, they're stars. Like, those two in particular, I noticed every time they'd walk by, it was almost like that captain effect from Below Deck, where it's like, I don't want to say everybody wanted to fuck them the way that they did with the captain, but with Countess Luann and Sonia, every time they walked by, it was like a big, I don't know, big, huge celebrity Beyonce was walking by. And so that was interesting to watch. They are just stars. And so I don't know where they're going to be. I don't know if they'll bring back Crappy Lake or if they'll do something else. I know they got the ultimate girls trip for the Real Houses of New York Legacy cast coming up very soon, which they debuted a trailer for at BravoCon. And by the way, it looks fucking fantastic. Looks so good. 
I ran into Kristen Takeman at the airport on the way to Vegas. She sat down and chatted with me, and I was trying to get all the dirt I could about The Real House's Ultimate Girls Trip uh, New York Legacy Edition. And from what I heard, Ramona didn't go to BravoCon because she was uh, she was let go from BravoCon or asked not to come, or I don't know how the logistics of that worked. But um, from what I understand, there was confusion of whether or not it, air, it would air, but they did show the trailer. And I think Kristen is actually going to be the breakout because I heard Dorinda talking about Kristen and she, we haven't seen her in a while. And she it was sort of a flop on the show, right? Like I don't remember a whole ton from Kristen on her time uh, on the Real Houses of New York. But from what I'm hearing, the little bits, it seems like Kristen is going to be the one that surprises us a little bit. And uh, let's see what else. I feel like I'm all over the place. Oh, so Ramona was cut from BravoCon, but you know who was there? Avery. That's right. Because I think my guess is that they paid for a spot at they have this thing called the bazaar where people can pay to have a little booth where they sell their merch. So Tom Zinzival, that demon was like selling these $150 sweatshirts or $100 sweatshirts. And she, she was selling a vinyl of her music. And by music, I mean, she sold a vinyl of one song. It was one song. <laughs> she sold, she sold a vinyl for $50 and it was just one. It was just good as gold. So you put that on the record player, and I guess, it, what does it just play? Uh, it just plays good as gold on repeat, which I guess is fine. Nothing wrong with that, but it's just, at least I feel like they should have included the remix from Uber Eats or something on that. Savings! Like, we should have gotten something else on that album, because it's weird to sell a $50 vinyl for, I mean, I know everyone's got to make their money. And, oh, here's the thing with the money, too, because people keep asking me this, like, does Bravo pay or how? Do, what does that work for the talent? And even taking Bravo out of the equation, walking around that convention center, it was sponsored in every corner. You walk into the bathrooms and it said sponsored by fucking Clorox or Lysol. I don't know who was sponsoring the, the chitters, but they were sponsored. And so every inch of that place was sponsored. And if you follow any of these people on social media, you know, they were all doing brand deals. And these brand deals pay a lot of money, as they should, because I think they all worked really well. All of the activations, they had Lay's was there, Clorox, and they were all like these big brands. They weren't like the, they weren't the D-list brands. These were the big brands. And those big brands pay huge amounts of money. And so all of the people, if you looked at Ariana and Katie had a Lay's thing going on, all of these people were making bank with these sponsorship deals. Uh, if you follow any of them, look at the the ads and stuff. And I think the brands ended up getting a lot of good out of it because I was watching all these brands thinking, okay, I got to go get me some chips. I don't even normally like Lay's. And I was like, let me give me them Lay's. I was ready to sit down and eat some Lay's. And so they were all doing a really good job, but I can't even imagine what the Bravo Labs made at some of these activations. Cause again, really big brands, really. And so they, they made top dollar and then selling their merch at the bazaar. And I just think it really worked out for them, even taking out whatever Bravo provided them, which I'm sure was a wonderful as well. But so that is was interesting to me. And speaking of uh, their own merch, Lala, she sold those send it to Daryl t-shirts or sweatshirts on her website. And you guys, that was the thing I saw most walking around BravoCon was just these send it to Daryl sweatshirts. I didn't realize send it to Daryl was so uh, ingrained in our Bravo zeitgeist that every, I felt like I could not turn two feet without sending, seeing a send it to Daryl t-shirt or send it to Daryl sweatshirt. So that was really surprising to me. Really surprising. Um, so let's see. We have, um, I chatted with Craig from Southern Charm. Craigie, I told him he had a rough couple seasons because you know he lost me. That man, I loved that man. I used to call him my Craigie. Then I hated him. 
hated him, but it seems like he knew it. And uh, this has been said before, I've talked about this on the show, but he is stunning in person, much better looking in person than I think he comes across on television. Not to say that he don't look good on TV, but I think when he's around those other demons who are tall, I don't think he looks as, I don't think you could tell how tall he is because he's near that Shep and the other one, um, the Austin. And so they're taller, taller. Why did I say taller? Uh, they're taller. But I don't think Craig, it just, I don't know if it translates like how handsome that man is. And in person, he's just stunning. And, and I, so I think he knew he had a rough couple of seasons. Are you guys watching Winter House? I know the Southern Charm guys aren't on there, uh, but I do want to say um, just quickly, if you are watching it, there's a lot of young women on there who are lusting after a man named Corey. And I don't know why you're lusting after that man. And you need to stop. And I, I, somebody has to say it. Now we said it because it's too much. I don't, don't understand, especially in that Winter House, you got Brian from Family Karma, who I think everybody's sleeping on that man, Brian from Family Karma, because he's very attractive. He seems very sweet, got a good relationship with the family. That we've seen play out on Family Karma, which I hope I was hoping that they would announce a comeback for Family Karma, but they didn't. Uh, but anyway, Brian's on Winter House, and he's so charming and lovely. And it's like everybody in that house is lusting after that other one. What is going on, L- young ladies? You need to love yourself and find Jesus because I've had it. I actually almost think I hate to say this too, but I almost think that it'd be better for them gals to be lusting after that Austin. I'm sorry, I'm so I can't even believe that I said that, but they're all lusting after this man. And I'm like, of all the men on Bravo, just you guys need to love yourselves. If you're out there and you're one of them young women or young gay men who is uh, in love with that man, I just think you need to, I don't know, take a long look in the mirror. I'm sorry to say. I'm sorry to say. He's on that show also, like, throwing the girlfriend, uh, the blonde that he's with, under the bus. Uh, He's saying, oh, I don't have a serious relationship with her. It's like, I saw the other show you were on with her, and it seemed like you did. You're misleading her. And so you stop it, young women. And now they're in the house, and Jordan on Winter House is, like, all into Corey, and she even knows that he's got a relationship with the other. Like, this all needs to stop it. And Brian is right there. He's a single gentleman. I mean, what? Sometimes I get really, I get mad about that. I get mad about that. Anyway, speaking of Southern Charm, I also ran into Patricia from Southern Charm. And here's the thing. We chatted for quite a long time, Patricia from Southern Charm and I, and I've met her multiple times in person. And yet on her social media page, she tagged somebody that's not me. And she tagged a real big tag, just said, at Danny Pellegrino. And I was like, Patricia, that's not me. <laughs> it's like, Pat, Miss Pat, uh, that is not me. I DM'd her. And she did write me back. I just have to say, she wrote me back. I said, that's not me. And she said something along the lines of like, well, I look good in that photo, so I'm not taking it down. And I respect that. I respect that. And so, no, sh- I honestly... Do it all you want. Here's the thing I learned with all these people. I'm sorry to blow the lid off this whole thing, but none of them run their social media. And I look, I fall prey to it all the time. I was at BravoCon and I'm like talking to these women and people that I'm like, oh, we DM all the time. Like I'm thinking they know who I am because we're chatting all the time. And they're looking at me sideways like, who the fuck are you? And it's because none of them run their socials. They all got some young gay man, some young hot gay men just running their social media pages. So it's not them that we're all interacting with. So I'm sorry to blow the lid off that whole thing. But it's not true. If you're someone out there who thinks like, oh, yeah, they commented on something. Well, guess what? It wasn't. It was some gay man named Joe. It's some 20-something gay uh, who is the one commenting and writing you back. Sorry to blow the lid off that. They might uh, hop in there every once in a while, but for the most part, guess what? Kathy Hilton's not doing her social media. She's not doing her social channels. And I don't know that Miss Patricia from Southern Charm is either. So somebody is, and so anyway, 
God bless them for doing that. But um, we do love Miss Pat. Uh, who else did I run into? Gosh, we're already 30 minutes in. I got so many notes. We still got to talk about Salt Lake City. Um, Jen Fessler from The Real House in New Jersey ran into her, loved her, loved her. Uh, I did, of course, immediately ask her about fucking James Gandolfini because that was something that came out on the show. And I'm sorry if that's crass, but I had to know because she revealed it on The Real House in New Jersey. And I was like, tell me everything. What I failed to realize was that when I was meeting her, she was also with her husband. And so I do want to apologize for him uh, to him uh, on this podcast right now because I I am sorry, sir, that I brought up your wife fucking someone uh previously uh, in front of you. So my apologies. I don't know his name. I forget his name. But uh, I do appreciate Jen really also then going into detail with me uh, while her husband was standing right there. And so, you know, that's, there are a couple in it for the long haul. Because honestly, if I had fucked someone famous and somebody asked me in front of Matt, I'm sorry to say, my significant other would just have to listen to it. Because if I, I don't know who would be talking about, but I'm sorry. It's you. what you got to do. Um, but Jersey cast was interesting because they split them all up. So they split up their panels, they split up the gals. And what was also so fascinating was that even on like the press lines and stuff, all anyone wanted to ask the other women about were Melissa and Teresa. Like nobody cared about any of like the things that they had going on. And so I'm interested to see how the season will play out. I don't think they have a cast trip. It was canceled. And I don't know, the whole thing with Melissa and Teresa, it seems like they just sort of ignore each other. I don't know. And I do think that it was wrong of them to keep both because, I don't know, I'm worried it's going to be so separated. But the things that I'm hearing about are good. People are saying it's going to be a good season. So maybe I'm wrong, but it just seems like, how are we going to do this with two separate groups of people that we can't even put on stage together at BravoCon? How's that going to work? Uh, also, the new Real Houses in New York, the new gals, uh, were all there. And of course, I think I've said this on the show, I did not care for the season. I thought it was really boring as shit. I'm sorry to say that. I do think the casting was good. I'm excited to see where they go next season. But I think it was uh, one of the worst seasons I've ever seen of the Real Houses. I'm sorry. People yell at me about that. Uh, but that's how I feel. But I do love the women. I was most excited to meet Bryn because I just, I don't know, I, I love her. I love her. And she was so sweet. And it seemed like the whole BravoCon was like really embracing the new women. I think everybody was really excited to see them. Their panel was uh, standing room. I don't even know if you could get into the panel because it was like completely crowded and booked. So people are embracing this new iteration of The Real Houses of New York. And I am, even though I said it was one of those boring seasons, again, I'm so grateful for it and excited to see where we go. But I'm not going to lie to you all and say that oh, it was so great because I don't think that it was. I do not believe that it was. So we'll, we'll see where that goes. And one of the things that I want to mention, too, is that Vanity Fair piece. Did you see this was sort of an elephant in the room a little bit at BravoCon? Although I, I think the whole article landed a bit with a thud because it seemed like a lot of stuff that we knew – Bethany keeps saying this reality reckoning thing, but I think we were all waiting to read that Vanity Fair article because there have been these whispers about it coming out, and it just seemed like a lot of stuff that we maybe already knew. Uh, and then the fascinating thing, and I heard Andy mention this in an interview, but it was, seemed so focused on the Real Houses in New York, which seemed to have a lot of issues and a lot of valid problems within the cast and within the maybe production and stuff. But one of the things that I think got lost in that Vanity Fair article is like, yeah, the show did, and so they rebooted the whole fucking thing. <laughs> like, yeah, Bravo listened. It, like, they did, uh, they responded to these problems. And I felt like the Vanity Fair article didn't even mention that, like, oh, yeah, all this shit happened. And so the network did step in and, like, completely wipe out the cast and start fresh uh, because of these issues, it seems. So I just was like, why didn't they mention that? Because the whole thing felt focused on 
the Real Houses of New York. I don't know. I also heard Andy mention very briefly in an in a Ask Andy panel or somewhere, he somebody asked about Nene Leakes, and he said uh, something about uh, mending the relationship with Nene. I, I don't know. I I hope that happens. I hope that happens, because Nene really helped build this network, too. And I just... I, she's given us so much. And so I don't know, even that like glimmer of hope made me feel warm and fuzzy. I don't know. It did. It did. Um, what else from BravoCon? Riding the elevator was wild at the hotels. I was staying at the hotel with like the younger, um, the, like the summer houses and the Southern charm, like those. And so every time you'd get on the elevator, it was like somebody from one of them shows. And it was, some of them I don't watch or know. So I was like, who's that? Uh, but it was, that was wild. That was wild. And the looks for this whole event were all over the place, myself included, which I could talk about after the break. I'll come back and we could talk about my looks because I had some, I had some wardrobe malfunctions and some stressful things in Vegas trying to get some looks because my suit had snagged that I was going to wear on the first day. And so, and I had to put on this sweater vest I had, but it was with the wrong pants and shoes because the, the suit had gotten snagged on the trip and, Ah, uh, you guys, it was, and every time I got in that elevator, when my suit snagged, I was really hoping to run into someone from Project Runway. I don't watch that show, but every time I got in the elevator, I was trying to bring up Project Runway because I, <laughs> again, didn't know who everybody was. But I, one time I rode, when I found out that suit was snagged, I rode up that elevator twice because you, I would run into people that were clearly on some TV show, like they were in full hair and makeup. And I thought, oh, maybe they're Project Runway people, and I just don't know them. So I'd be in the elevator, and I'd just like try to subtly bring up Project Runway. Like, I love Project Runway, you know, and try to see if one of them would say, oh, I'm on that show. And then I'd be like, well, I got a last-minute challenge for you. I need you to fix my suit or get me some new clothes. Because I'm not, I'm not, I'm not a fashionista. I'm trying my best, but it's hard. Um, so anyway, it didn't happen, though. I ended up having to put this look together, whatever, whatever. Um, okay, so then would we talk about, oh, the other drama out of this was like Jeff Lewis got in a fight with Crystal from The Real Houses of Beverly Hills. Yeah, that's right. They got in a, they got in a fight. And uh, apparently Jeff had like shaded her about the show. And then Crystal goes on the red carpet and the press line at BravoCon. And she calls Jeff Lewis a cocksucker. Now, there were some people that were very upset and some people were offended and said, how dare she say the word cocksucker? I'm sorry to keep saying it, but this is the word that was said. So look, I marked this podcast as explicit. And I feel that it's not a, a insult. Who isn't a cocksucker? I'm sorry. Who among us uh, listening to this podcast? Uh, we're all doing it. It's called a blowjob. And honestly, we're working gals here at Everything Iconic. Honey, they don't call it a job for nothing. We are working gals. And so I'm not I'm not upset about that. And Jeff Lewis wasn't upset about that either. So I think, you know, we can move forward. But I, I don't know. I, who among us? Who among us? Um, let's see. What else? Uh, 99% of the Bravo celebrities are so nice. And I did witness a few of them being monsters. And that's not our style here on Everything Iconic to talk about who was or was not, um, or who was a monster in person. And we saved that for the live shows, Sister Circle. Come see me live if you get a chance, because that's where I share all that stuff. Uh, but uh, there were a few of them. And so because I don't want to get into that on the podcast, I don't want to just say everybody who is a monster on the show. I do want to just say before we go to break that if it seems like I, I want to keep things positive on here on this podcast, but if it seems like I've abruptly uh, turned on someone over the next few weeks on this podcast, just know that's because they were assholes in person. So you can... You know, do the math, read between the lines, and I will do my best to make that clear. But if it seems, <laughs> I will do my best to not say it, but imply it. Uh, and that is because I don't want to outright say it. I don't want to get into the muck of it all. 
but I will try to make it as clear as possible uh, who was a monster in person because there were just a few. There were just a few. Anyway, that's the BravoCon update. We're going to come back and talk a little bit about Salt Lake City this week's episode and uh, sit tight. And I want to thank everyone who came to those live shows and who picked up my new book, The Jolliest Bunch. It means the world to me. Please, please get it. I know I was doing press for that book in October, which was so strange because it's a it's a Christmas theme book. It's an end of year holiday theme book. Uh, and so I hope now that we're all kind of going into holiday season mode, more and more of you pick up that book. But I'm so great. It was a USA Today bestseller. We're, we're doing really good. And I'm so grateful to all of you who picked it up because it was a dream book and I'm so proud of it. So I really hope you get it now that we're leaning into the holiday season and it's out in hardcover or get it from your library, your local bookstore support, get it as gifts, put it under the tree, read it make it a decor. If you don't want to read, just support me and this podcast by picking up that book and putting it as a decoration on your shelf. Okay. I love you all. And we'll be right back. Look, the weather's getting warmer. You got to ditch the jackets, the sweaters, and you got to put on some shorts and tees. And if you're anything like me, you hate getting all the new stuff. But luckily, I've found Quince, and Quince makes it so easy uh, to get clothes. I used to waste my money on clothes that would only last one season. That was until I found out about Quince. Now I've got high-quality pieces that never go out of style that I'll be wearing year after year. Quince has all of the seasonal must-haves, like 100% European linen shirts from $30, performance polos. Those are my personal favorite. I always love getting new polos for the summertime, and they have a fantastic selection. I'm very particular about the collar, and I love the collar on the performance polos that I got. They also have versatile flow-knit activewear, and the best part, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And by partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to all of us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices, along with premium fabrics and finishes, which I love. Feel good about shopping with them. Now, again, I got those polos, but I also got some shorts, some t-shirts, just some basics that I can wear year-round. So upgrade your wardrobe. Go to Quince.com slash iconic for free shipping on your order and 300 65 day returns. That's quince, Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash iconic to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash iconic. Ah, oh, I love that sound, don't you? And that's the sound you're going to hear when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell online, in person, on social media, and beyond. Uh, we use it here at Everything Iconic. Shopify is the best all-in-one commerce platform capable of handling all your business complexity, no matter how big you grow. I think it's fantastic. You're probably thinking, sure, but migrating is going to be a headache, but Shopify's app store has the migration apps you need to migrate all of your products, your orders, your customers, and more uh, from every major e-commerce platform all the way to Shopify. And I always hate when I'm shopping online and I have to re-enter all of my information. Well, Shopify store remembers your shipping address, your payment information. So if you're on the couch and your wallet's on the kitchen counter, you don't have to get up, which is nice. So sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash everything iconic, all lowercase. That's one month for just $1 at shopify.com slash everything iconic. Shopify, S-H-O-P-I-F-Y dot com slash everything iconic. 
All right, I'm sure a lot of you out there can relate because every time there's a commercial break and I'm watching one of my shows, I'm always hopping on the Redfin app or website because I just want to check out real estate listings. Like I love checking out real estate listings, even for the houses that I cannot afford. It's my favorite app to use Redfin. Uh, I just got a home, of course, but it was a pretty stressful process. And if I would have known how easy Redfin was, I think it would have helped out a lot. Redfin updates their listings every two minutes and sends you personalized recommendations. So finding the home that's perfect for you has never been easier. See something you like? Well, book a tour straight from the app. And when you're ready to buy, an experienced local Redfin agent can guide you through the whole process, making it so easy. And if you're looking to sell, Redfin agents know how to get you the best price possible for your home. That's because they sell twice as many homes as other agents with a listing fee as low as 1%. Redfin's fees are half of what others often charge, which means you'll have more money to put towards your next home. Now, that's a great thing. I love using Redfin. I love checking out. If you're buying or selling a home and you need some help with that, check out Redfin. Download the Redfin app to get started. We're back. Little girl. Briefly about BravoCon, I also would just want to add that they did such a fantastic job with this event. They really made it special for all of us fans. Sam and Colleen uh, produced my panels, and they were so incredibly great and so prepared, and they were doing so much behind the scenes, and putting on an event like that seems like a the biggest fucking nightmare. And I just felt like everything was so organized and smooth and they were working so hard around the clock and they were doing it. I, not just, I think because they work for these, uh, the network and Bravo, but I felt like everyone really was trying to put in an effort to make sure that this was like a good event for people who came and spent all their hard earned money. Cause it was expensive weekend and it was expensive for people to get hotels and get flights and get these tickets that were outrageously expensive. And so everybody who worked for that, I just felt like they, tr- they did a, really good job of keeping it organized and making it as special as possible. So I hope next year I would love it if they maybe added some more like fun announcements. That was the thing that I thought was maybe missing a little bit. And I know they, I don't know, they save announcements for different times, but I I don't know. I like when they do like new show announcements and I love this year when they're showing different trailers, I would have just almost loved more of like the trailers and the, uh, even a couple weeks before BravoCon, I felt like they were premiering new show trailers and it's like, I wish they would have saved that for BravoCon because it's so fun. And that's the most fun with any of these events, whether it be BravoCon or if you go see Countess Luann live show or Sonia's touring or, or, or go to a live podcast, you know, watch where Crappens is touring all the time and they're incredible podcasts for Bravo stuff. So listen to them, but uh, they're touring all the time. And, and I think one of the best things about being at any of these kinds of peripheral Bravo events is like to just be in a crowd of like-minded people and to look around and catch eyes with someone who gets the same reference points, who understands the same things as all of us. And uh, it's just so fun. And even when I was at the panels, I remember I was at the Potomac panel sitting down watching some of it and uh, just being able to like hear something on stage and look over at someone or when I'm chatting with someone, I was chatting with someone and uh, they would say something on stage and it's like, to just have that look in each other's eyes. Like you can look at somebody and like you're laughing without even having to audibly laugh. Does that make sense? Like you're just with like-minded people who get it. And that's the most fun of all of it. And I've seen Countess Luanne a handful of times. And like that, that's all I care about at the Countess Luanne show. It's like, I don't even need to see her on stage, even though it's wonderful. And she's playing the fucking bongos and doing crazy shit on stage. But the most fun of that is like looking at the other people that are witnessing it with you and being like, what the fuck is this? 
<laughs> and so even at BravoCon, walking around and seeing someone like, what the fuck is that outfit they're wearing? And to be able to just like lock eyes with someone and say that without saying it is just the best thing ever. And it's so fun. And so I don't know, whatever the, whatever the Bravo event is, if you've ever been on the fence about seeing a live podcast show or seeing Sonia Morgan or, or sometimes any of the housewives do those panels where uh, they tour and it's like three different housewives just sort of in conversation. I just think like the fun of it is not necessarily what's happening on stage, even when that thing is brilliant. It's just the real fun is um, just being in the audience with different people. And so I know get a, if you get a chance, go do that. Uh, okay, we're got to get into The Real House of Salt Lake City. Uh, we are not covering uh, Bravo's um, The Real House of Beverly Hills this week because I'm doing my best. I'm trying to catch up on these shows, and I have a lot to catch up on. So uh, I apologize. We're going to focus here on uh, The Real House of Salt Lake City. But um, I'm watching all the shows. Miami's great. and But The Real House of Beverly Hills premiere, I just briefly have to say, it seems like Dorit is back. It seems like she's given us that first season Dorit, which I've been missing. Uh, and then also Erica Jane trying to learn empathy was one of the funniest things I've ever seen in my entire life. I'm sorry. Her sitting down with that professional therapist, or I don't know who that was that she was sitting down next to, and the the professional was like, you know, you should try to have some more empathy. And Erica's like, how do I get that? <laughs> how do I get that? She didn't know. Oh, I loved it. I loved it. Um, so I'm excited to see where that goes. And the Kyle and Mauricio stuff is actually playing better for me on camera than it was in the press. So I wish they would just stop with, I wish, I don't know how they do it, maybe go into hiding or something. I'm sorry to ask that of them, but they really should go into hiding. And we need to kick Mauricio off Dancing with the Stars. I'm sorry. Vote for Ariana. Get that man off there. And let's just start letting it play out on the show because I'm tired of looking at these articles and headlines about who's wearing rings, who's not. It's like more interesting on the show. And I feel like the whole storyline's getting ruined because every article I read is about Kyle and the honky tonk lesbian and what's going on behind the scenes. And like, let me watch it on screen. Let me watch it on screen. Um, okay. So let's talk about the real housewives of Salt Lake City, shall we? Lisa, listen, I want to enjoy the sound bowl. Excuse me. Yes, go ahead. Old people need it. Okay, Monica, that's low because I'm older than Lisa. Monica, she's older than me. <laughs> that fight at the Sound Bath Whitney's jewelry launch party was one of the funniest things I've ever seen in Housewives. It was just they were arguing like they were in middle school or something. And I would like Monica to stop with the age shaming bit because we're all going to get the age. But it was cracking me up that Angie was catching strays because there was Monica saying, uh, Lisa, you need to hear the sound bath because you're old. And then Lisa stormed off and Angie's like, actually, I'm older than Lisa. And then Lisa comes back around just to tell Monica, like, actually... Angie's older than I am. And poor Angie's just standing there in the middle of this whole thing. Oh, Angie was making me laugh this this episode. But um, anyway, let's get back to the beginning. Uh, let's see, Monica and the mom, we haven't gotten to talk about them in a couple weeks. I've been off here on everything iconic. Like, what the fuck? What's going on with those two? They should definitely not be on television. One of the most uh, compelling things I've seen on TV, though. Uh, but again, they should definitely not be near cameras, especially if they want to have any hope of a relationship. But I am grateful that they're doing it on camera for all of us to view. However, if I was one of their friends, and if anyone's listening that is real-life friends with them, you should say immediately you need to stop filming because it's not good for your relationship. And also, uh, uh, it's great for us. It's great TV for us. So thank you. So I want to say both of those things, but they're nuts. And then there's like other stuff that's going on that is playing out off camera. And if you follow them on Twitter, you really need to just be getting eyes and ears on this. I don't follow them, but I am, I do stay abreast. 
And so every once in a while at night, you know, you hop on there and you look up Angie K. Where's Monica's tweets? You got to do this. This is the research that I'm talking about here at Everything Iconic that every once in a while you need to check in and do because there's stuff playing out on Twitter between those two or whatever. We're calling it X. I don't know what the fuck we call that platform anymore. And I know there's too many platforms. There's the threads and there's TikTok. And it's like enough. Uh, but the old Twitter, whatever the fuck you call it, there's like stuff going on with them. And apparently at that Easter party, Monica had like thrown a shoe at someone or aunt, somebody threw a shoe or maybe, I don't know, Monica didn't throw the shoe. Somebody threw a shoe at one of the children in the basement and Monica had fallen down the stairs and she alleged on Twitter that Angie's house isn't up to code. And then the mom is chiming in. I mean, there's like stuff going on on Twitter. The mom's handle is something LD Millionaire which is confusing to me, but that's a tale for another time. Uh, but she's something millionaire is her, her handle. And they are just it's doing stuff, and they're arguing online. And the mom and the daughter, the darkest thing is that they're arguing online, and yet they're hashtagging R-H-O-S-L-C. And so it's like, well, you guys are a mother and daughter relationship. Like, why are you not only fighting on camera, but then you're going to social media? Like, I don't know, it's all very dark-sided to me. I mean, I couldn't even imagine a scene between me and my mother, Linda Pellegrino. I just feel like it'd be her and we'd be talking about home goods or something. <laughs> like there'd be no no big fight. It would just be her passive aggressively, like, I don't know, making fun of my looks or something. You know you know how moms do that, passive aggressively say something, like, oh, is that what you're going to wear? Is that what you're going to wear, Dan? You know, or she'd be just talking to me about home goods and her, or the woodpecker that keeps tormenting her. That bold ass woodpecker's back, Dan. My dancer, my bold ass woodpeckers back at the door at the window. Like that'd be the whole scene. And meanwhile, these two are on there and somebody left somebody in a van and like <laughs> craziest fucking shit between Monica and the mom. I love it. I love watching it. But yes, definitely get off TV. Okay. Um, let's see what else happens. Angie sits down with Monica and gives a book about loving yourself. I think it was the horse and the mole book. Did you guys read that? I think that's what the book was, which was a fantastic book if you haven't read it. It's like a picture book, but it's, I don't know, it's great. But I love it when they give a little shady gift. I love that. It's a great housewife move. If you aren't sure what to do as a housewife, just find some random gift and give it to someone on camera and make sure it's a little shady. It's a good moment. Uh, on The Real House of Miami, I remember Dr. Nicole gave Larsa a mirror. Did you guys remember that moment? And it's one of the funniest moments, but it's like a mirror and then it's a, like, look at look at the asshole in it or something. And like Larsa didn't get it. <laughs> so. I love them. I love the Miami women. Sit down in front of your TV and you watch Miami. What are you doing? It actually disgusts me sometimes when I do look at these ratings because I think like, oh, everybody's watching that one. And then people aren't watching the Miami house. I was like, what? You need to get it together. Again, find Jesus. If you're someone out there lusting after that man at Winter House and you're not watching the Real House of Miami, you need to just figure it out. You need to call up Nickelodeon and figure it out because you are doing the wrong things. You are just doing it wrong. And I'm sorry to say that and throw you under the bus here, but you need to evaluate your choices immediately. Um, Anyway, what was going on? Okay. Uh, So, yeah, there's like stuff going on off camera. Um, Angie was really winning me over this episode. And I think I just want her to like relax into her role as a housewife a little bit. Because there was a moment where she was talking to Monica and she let her guard down and talked about her mother. And it always seems like she wants to be so put together. Even in that scene, it was like her hair is like looked beautiful, but it's it's so pulled back on her head, and she's wearing this uh, top with these big ruffle shoulders, and and Monica, who seems so relaxed on camera, and is giving us all this information about her family and everything, and she's just got her hair down and a simple top, and I know she's said on the show that she feels uncomfortable because she don't have the labels and all that stuff, but 
I think Angie needs to split the difference a little bit because she's so always, I think, worried about being put together. And I just want her to relax into her role a little bit. So I, I'm hoping that that's where Angie goes because that scene where she did, it just was, it was beautiful to watch. And so I also loved later in the episode. Uh, but the whole thing's really about, uh, let's see, Whitney Wild Rose is planning both a, 30, a 13th birthday party for Bobby, a young woman who I'm now, I love. We love Bobby. I have this fantasy of them rebooting that show, Bobby's World. This was an animated show in the 90s. It was called Bobby's World. It was about this young man. It was Howie Mandel was playing Bobby. And it was about this young preteen boy. And he was just going about his life. It was called Bobby's World. Loved it. Loved it. I do not support Howie Mandel, but I love that show, Bobby's World. And so I would like a Bobby's World reboot, but it's just about Whitney's daughter, Bobby, because I love this young gal. And just watching her 13th birthday party, she had this wonderful laugh and her and her friends seemed like they were having a great time. And there was one moment where she was getting the hair and makeup done. And she's like, Oh my God, I have eyebrows. And it was just, she seemed so sweet and lovely. And I, she's a star. She's a star. Give her a, give her a snowflake and put her in front of the Bobby's world reboot team because I need that to happen. Just so lovely. But it was funny. So Whitney's like telling about how she's got to do Bobby's 13th birthday party. And then she's also launching her new jewelry line, which is called prism. And it was so funny. She's like, oh, yeah, I'm, I got to do this new event to launch my jewelry line. And then the editors cut right to her wearing pineapple glasses and talking. About <laughs> and they knew what they were doing because she's talking about the jewelry line. And then they try to make it seem like the pineapple glasses she's wearing for Bobby's luau skating party is her jewelry. And it was just it made me laugh so hard. It made me laugh so hard. But Whitney's mom was showing up to the 13th birthday party. We, we don't really know her. And also, I was excited to get to know her, and then we didn't really get to know her. I felt like they were building up to that. Um, and then Whitney's like, I don't think, this was so funny to me. She's like, I don't think that I'm going to invite Mary to my daughter's 13th birthday party. But she was presenting it to, I think she was talking to Lisa Barlow, and then she's presenting it to the audience as well of like, I don't think I'm going to invite Mary Cosby. But it was almost like it was a question or and I was like, no shit, you're not going to invite Mary Cosby. Like, no one on this earth hates Whitney Wild Rose more than Mary Cosby. Like, there is not one. And who has, no one has made it more vocal. No one has been more vocal about hating Whitney Wild Rose than Mary Cosby. So the idea that it was like, well, I don't think I'm going to invite Mary Cosby. It's like, yeah, no shit. No shit, you dummy. Like, of course. <laughs> Of course you're not going to invite this woman who has publicly just hated on you on camera multiple times. Last week on the show, Mary sat down with her and was just like, I'm not, I'm leaving this dinner. Like, she's like, I'm not interested in you. Called her a bobblehead, little girl, little girl. So she hates that woman. And it was like, why would you even, why would you invite her to your child's 13th birthday party? I even, I even like Mary Cosby and I wouldn't invite her to anybody's 13th birthday party. I just don't think that's a place for Mary Cosby. I'm sorry to say that about uh, our dear Mary Cosby, queen uh, icon legend Mary Cosby. Sister Cosby is not coming to the 13th birthday party. I'm sorry. I don't think it's appropriate. Uh, I don't think many of those women should have been at a 13th birthday party. Meredith showed up with her bubbies out. Did you see that skating party with the bubbies out? And I was like, Mayor, maybe we need to put on a different top. I'm sorry. I don't mean to be prude. And I love Meredith Marks and the look she gives us, but I was like, maybe put those babies away. Because I don't know that at a skating party, um, maybe if it was adults only. And what do I know? Because I don't know if you followed that Easter party that Angie Kay had. They had the adults there and they had the kids there. And at the end of the episode, they were passing out singles for the kids. And then they were doing water shots for the kids. Did you catch that? Because I was just on tour at a live show. And I was, I, you know, we recapped that episode of The Real House of Salt Lake City. 
And I don't, a lot of the audience didn't remember the I, fact that Lisa Barlow brought out some what they called water shots and gave all the young kids there shot glasses filled with water. Now, I know they were filled with water, but it's still kind of bizarre to me at an Easter party celebrating Christ rising uh, with Father George there. Angie's priest was even at this event. And then they were like, let's bring out water shots for the kids. And so maybe they don't quite know what to do in front of the children. But I just don't maybe think that we need to put the puppies away and put the shot glasses away. The bare minimum. Bare minimum is all I ask. And I guess everything's different there because they're giving that young gal a golf cart and putting them to work. So Bobby got a big-ass golf cart. That golf cart, I think, costs more than – I still drive my car from that I had in college. I still have the same truck I had in college. I've had it for 100 years. Uh, and I do believe I would put – actually, I know for certain that that golf cart costs more than my car. And so I don't know that Bobby needs a vehicle that costs more than my vehicle, but she's got one now and she's being put to work. Whitney said she's going to make him pick up the other kids and I don't know, go to, I don't know what she was doing with that golf cart, but I'm happy that Bobby got such a nice thing. I just don't know that a 13 year old needs a vehicle like that. I don't know. My day, I hate to say it, my day, my day though, you got a razor scooter and you were lucky. You know, my parents, they gave me an off brand one. Of course I couldn't. We didn't always have the money, so my parents, they just threw me a couple wheels and said, here's a Razor scooter. And I was like, Mom, that's not a Razor scooter. Like, I don't know what the fuck this is, but it's just two wheels that you found in the garage. And Or we have... <laughs> I remember we, this actually is just coming back to me. We had like this old ass skateboard that was, it wasn't even my brother's, like, you know, hand-me-downs. It was not even my brother's. I think it was like maybe my dad's or something, or some aunt or cousin gave us this cheap ass skateboard. And when those Razor scooters were popular, I wanted one so bad. And my dad just like taped, like duct taped on something that was like, because the, the one we had, like the skateboard that we had, it didn't have the handlebars that come up. So my dad like duct taped some stick on there, like some broomstick or some shit like that. Duct taped it like a Razor scooter. And like that's what they said, ride around on that. And meanwhile, Bobby's just getting this, I don't know, 10000 I don't know how much it was. Probably not 10000 right? How much does a golf cart like that cost? I don't even fucking know. Um, but I know that it's certainly a, a lot of money. And so here I was just maybe jealous of Bobby because she was getting this big ass golf cart and getting put to work. They better not put her to work too much, though, because that, you know, I know there's been some problems in the Whitney Wild Rose, and she had to change the the name of the one beauty brand she had, and the husband got fired from the office because he was painting his body on camera, and and doing some sexy stuff. And so I know maybe uh, maybe it's tough there, but I don't think we need to be putting Bobby to work at 13. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Um, anyway, let's see what else is going on. Meredith says, "Oh, there was this moment because the Heather and Lisa and." Uh, Lisa's son's religion and the mission trip is a come a storyline. Uh, one thing I want to say about BravoCon is that I noticed Heather and Lisa seemed really cool together. So I think they're good now. And we saw in this episode they do make up, but I actually think they're like really good in real life, which is fascinating. And I was watching, it seemed to me, from my point of view at BravoCon, it seemed like Meredith was on the outs with everyone. And maybe that's wrong, but I saw uh, Lisa... And Heather and Whitney seemed to be together, and they were even with Angie Kay. And then, like, Monica was separate, and Meredith, I felt like she was separate. So I don't know what the dynamics are there, but there's something a Bruin. There's something to miss, and there's something a Bruin. Something to miss, and something a Bruin. Um, so I, everyone needs to pay attention to that. But when Heather was telling Meredith about Jack's mission, and they were talking about Lisa's Mormonism, Meredith said something about Lisa's religion, and I don't even know what it said, what it was, but I do just want to point out, if you get a chance to rewatch it, mid-sentence, as Meredith is talking about Lisa's religion, she does take a giant pause, and it felt very much like someone took out her batteries, and it just, like, mid-sentence, 
And we always talk about Meredith's accent work on here. And the rumors and the husband. You know, it's always coming out different ways. Do you want me to go there with the husband? You know, it's always in a different, different way. And I noticed this week it was mid sentence. She just stops. And I don't felt like, I didn't feel like she was looking for the words to say. You know, sometimes you might be trying to say something and you're like, how do I say this? Or how? So you might stop yourself to gather your thoughts and think of the best, most appropriate way to say something. It didn't feel like that. It, in the words of Whitney Wild Rose, it didn't feel like that. It felt like she just got the batteries removed and then somebody had to replace some. And then she's like, okay, let me finish the sentence now. So I just want you to get eyes and ears on that if you rewatch the episode because it really made me laugh. Um, let's see. We talked about Whitney and Bobby. Bobby also is very Pepper Ann coded. So uh, 90s kids, you might remember a show on the Disney Channel that was called Pepper Ann. It was actually part of Disney's One Saturday Morning. Uh, which is how I spent most of my Saturday mornings, just right in front of that, plopped in front of that TV watching Pepper Ann. And I felt like Bobby is, uh, Whitney's daughter Bobby is actually very Pepper Ann coded. She's got the red hair and she seems full of joy in life. So if we can't get the Bobby's World reboot going, maybe we reboot Pepper Ann. We do have to take a quick break here. Stay tuned and we'll be right back. I love decorating the house and getting furniture, but sometimes it could be overwhelming to design a space. And so luckily I'm here to tell you about a company called Cozy. Now Cozy is fantastic, a North American company that thoughtfully designs furniture made for modern living. Now Cozy strives to provide the best furniture shopping experience with elegant, super high quality products, plus fast delivery and easy assembly, which is really important to me because I do not like putting together furniture. So the easier, the better for me. Now Cozy offers a beautiful, customizable sofas and sectionals that are made to adapt in time. This means customers can add seats to the sofas over time. Maybe if you're extending your family, you might want more space on the couch. Cozy also offers a great range of coffee tables, washable rugs, wall shelving, credenzas, TV stands, and accessories. So much. It's thoughtfully designed furniture made for modern living. There's an outdoor sofa and tables collection that is fantastic. It's called the Mistral. So you can choose the perfect sofa configuration for your outdoor setup. Uh, Cozy also opened its first retail space on Queen Street in Toronto to push the experience to the next level and allow customers to engage physically with the products. So transform your living space today with Cozy. Visit Cozy.com, spelled C-O-Z-E-Y, to start customizing your furniture today. Again, that's Cozy, C-O-Z-E-Y.com. Even also was cracking up Bobby at her skating party. She ordered a drink and she was just having the best time. Like, you know that it was just that vibe. I don't reminded me of when you're a preteen or 13 or whatever. I don't know. You're so excited and you're just having so much fun with your friends. And it's like a pure, innocent joy. And so she, even when she was ordering a drink, she ordered like a Dr. Pepper with a peach raspberry and coconut. First of all, I thought if I drank that right now, my heart would stop because it's just a lot of sugar and a lot of different flavors. And I don't know that they're to be mixed, but she did mix them. Uh, and so, I, and I think they had different weird mixes. Lisa ordered a dirty Diet Coke, which is like, isn't that cream in the Diet Coke? I need a dirty Diet Coke. She, <laughs> and I need that on a pillow. She was just running around, skating around that party being like, I need a dirty Diet Coke. Like as soon as like shit hit the fan, and that's how I was at BravoCon, by the way. As soon as I felt like even a tinge of hungover, I was like, I need a Diet Coke. Like I can't function here. And that's how Lisa Barlow is. She's like, I can't function here. I need a dirty Diet Coke. So somebody was coming after, maybe Monica or I don't know who the fuck it was, Angie. But she's like, I need a dirty Diet Coke immediately. 
And so they had these different like flavors to mix, but Bobby was trying to have something, peach, raspberry, Dr. Pepper, and coconut. And I was like, that does not sound like a good mix. And that would stop my heart. But I bless you for it because you're having a good time. And all of her friends were excited. And so I loved it. I love that. I need a dirty Diet Coke. Uh, you guys, I cannot tell you how fun it was to just be on Watch What Happens Live with Lisa Barlow. I mean, it was just, and everyone at that show is so nice and so fun. Anyway, uh, Whitney, uh, let's see. Whitney um, tells Monica what Lisa said. Uh, Monica hates Lisa, which I, we, of course, uh, saw at the end event when they were at that, the what do they called the jewelry line prism? I don't know. Do we like the name prism? Do we like that name? I'm not sure. I know Prism. I'm just thinking of Katy Perry. Wasn't that a flop album from Katy Perry? No, that one did well. That one did well. Uh, I do like that song. What's that song? Uh, Katy Perry, Harley's in Hawaii. If you haven't listened to that, you need to listen to it. It's good. Um, at the party, too, we we met this woman named Sherry. And was that Whitney's mom, Sherry? Unclear. I'm sorry. I'm mixing that up. You guys, my brain's not working no more. My brain. It's just mush up there. It's like mush. I just have like an image of Sonia Morgan, like doing the kick line in my head. <laughs> I don't even think she did a kick line. <laughs> but that's that's like what's happening in my head since BravoCon. It's just like one image just playing on a loop like a gif. Just a loop of Sonia Morgan in a kick line. Like that's all. It's like five, six, seven, eight, and then Sonia like kicking the leg up, which I do not believe even happened. I don't think I witnessed that. Just subconsciously somehow that like has infiltrated my brain. And it's not, you would think, wouldn't you think that in my head would be Countess Luann doing a kick line? No, that's not what's happening in my head. It's just Sonia Tremont Morgan sort of like subtly kicking up. And that's what's playing on a loop. And again, I didn't even see that at BravoCon. Maybe it happened and I just, or maybe it happened, I don't remember it. And it subconsciously just entered my brain. But I do feel like I just keep seeing and imagining. The only thing that's up there, it's like a tumbleweed and just Sonia Morgan doing a kick line. Like that's what's going on in my brain today. And so a lot of this stuff I might have gotten wrong. Who knows? Who's to say? I don't know. Um, okay, so what else is going on? We do have Whitney's uh, jewelry event. Really Whitney-heavy episode, which is a bold thing to do at the week of BravoCon. I mean, wow. Wow. And she introduced us to a couple people before we get into this fight between Monica and Lisa. She, Whitney introduced us to Chantel, the designer and gemologist, and also Amber Lee, who's the spiritualist. Did she say spiritualist? I was like, what the fuck's a spiritualist? <laughs> I've never heard of that. Did I hear that wrong? She's like, this is uh, Amber Lee, a spiritualist and intuitive, and she has chakra something. I, I was like, what are you? These are words, but I don't recognize them. I was like, a spiritualist? Maybe that is a word, and I just don't know it. But I was. sometimes Whitney comes up with these things. I'm like, what? I don't know. Am I hearing it right or what? And I've said that a million times on the show, too. I sometimes feel like she's talking and like my brain's not able to process it. And so I, that's on me. That's on me. But Whitney does say, she's like, okay, sip and enjoy a little sound bath and then pull out your credit cards for the jewelry. And it was just a kind of a lot going on at this event. So I was like, what are, are we selling jewelry or is this a sound bath? It feels like a weird mix to me. And maybe that's on me, too. But it was like, that's the kind of thing that Whitney does that I like, I can't wrap my brain around. I'm like, what is going on here? So you're promoting, I feel like we just got out of the 13th birthday party and now we're promoting a new business. And then there's a sound bath. It's like my brain's exploding. Like I can't even, I can't take it all in. And Meredith didn't go. And I think it was because Meredith's got the jewelry line herself, right? And so she didn't want to support it. I don't know. I don't know. So then, uh, let's see, Lisa and uh, Monica are fighting the whole time, and they're both going below the belts, but I gotta be honest with you, I loved watching it. I loved watching it. Somebody called, somebody told Lisa she's like a little tramp stamp begging for attention. <laughs> and Lisa was just like, stop talking to me, stop talking to me. Ah, oh, you guys. 
Lisa said, I like to be natural. She said, I don't look, what did she say? There was a lot of just like low blows here. And I didn't love the low blows, but I love that they were happening at this event where a sound bath was going on and people were trying to find peace. And they certainly were not finding peace. And so it was really fun to watch. But yeah, it was good. And then Whitney's just up there. She's like, this event is about good vibes. She's like, I got to sell more jewelry. So buy the jewelry. Support Whitney Wild Rose and buy the jewelry. I mean, I'm going to have to go look it up online. I really do. I got to be honest. I want to somehow figure out Whitney Wild Rose and I want to I want to like her. You know, with all of these women it's like I want to find a way in or something to like about them. And I, so I'm I got to figure it out. That's going to be my on my bucket list or my goal sheet. I just got to figure this out. And also I got to figure out who do I side with between Monica and the mom because I honestly I I see, feel like most people I see now I'm talking about talking like Whitney. I keep saying Phil instead of feel. Uh, but I think that initially I was on Monica's side, but then I have to be honest, there is something on, in my gut that's saying like, well, maybe there's something there with the mom that we're missing that would lead us to her side. Does that make sense? It might, maybe I'm fucking nuts, but I do feel in my gut and maybe I'm totally off base here. Totally could be off base. You know, again, I'm running on very little sleep, so I apologize. Uh, the only thing, again, going on in my head is a Sony Morgan kick line. Five, six, seven, eight. <laughs> By the way, when I was touring, I asked every single venue I was at because a lot, most of the venues or all of the venues really that I was at, they had previously hosted Countess Luann. And so that's what I was most fascinated by talking to these stage managers and these people that work at the venues. I'm like, so what's going on with Countess Luann? What was your experience? Tell me everything. Like I was sitting there talking to every person that worked at the bar, who worked at the tables, who worked at the security. I'm like, tell me about Countess Luann. And I have to say, at every venue across the country, I was in Chicago, D.C., Philly, Nashville, San Francisco, Cleveland. I asked every last one of them, and every single person told me how lovely Countess Luann was. In fact, one of the venues was like, Countess Luann sat and hung out with us for an hour and a half after her show. And we just hung out in the dressing room and she was so kind and nice and talking to everyone. She took pictures and every single venue told me how nice she was. And I I kept looking for dirt. I was like, okay, tell me like what the fuck was wrong with Countess Luann. And everyone's like, no, she's so lovely. And so I just think that's really good. And I don't know if Countess Luann was maybe always like that, but I do have to say that everyone I talked to says what nice things. And I had good experiences with her too, but that's where you really find the dirt is like from the live shows. Like when you hear from the people who worked at these venues and they all said lovely, wonderful things about her and not what I couldn't get one, that one little dirt thing out of someone. The only thing I got was how nice she was. So there you go. There you go. Anyway, that's the episode. Wow. We talked for a while. I'm sorry. I want to thank Acast. Also my holiday movie podcast is uh, coming back this season. My co-host Jenna Brister and I, we recorded some episodes. They will be dropping very soon. So stay tuned for that. The podcast is called A Very Merry Iconic Podcast. There's a separate feed for it. And then also I'll try to put some of the episodes in this feed maybe coming up. But um, in the meantime, go check out A Very Merry Iconic Podcast. If you like holiday movie recaps, that's what we do over there. And we have a good time. And there's lots of crazy detours we take along the way. And then again, get my book, The Jolliest Bunch. It would be wonderful. And I love you all who are reading it and reaching out with the kind words. I really just uh, want to make people laugh and feel warm and fuzzy inside. And there's a couple more uh, Serious dramatic things in there as well, but for the most part, it's all laughs. And so, anyway, I love you all so much for listening, uh, and we'll be back next week. I don't know where we're going to be. I, I, I know we got to cover the Beverly Hills Housewives, and we got to cover these other shows. Miami, I was hoping to get into this season. Potomac's airing now, and it's just a lot going on, you guys. It's a lot going on. I need a nap too. 
I wasn't even sure if I was going to come back this week on the pod. I was like going to take another week off, but then of course I had to talk about all this BravoCon stuff. So I'm doing my best here. Love you all so much for listening. Stay safe and we'll talk soon. Bye-bye.